Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast is the football podcast. We're a man down. Man down, I'm afraid. One of our team is unavailable for this week's football podcast, but do not fret. Everyone else is here, and we are bringing you the football news, game reviews, game previews, our predictions, everything you could possibly want from a football podcast. Before we start, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop reviews where you can drop reviews, that helps the podcast out a lot. And just share the podcast around. We would love it if you would share this podcast. Right, let's talk some football. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the good lady has spoken. She has given the edict that it is indeed time for your weekly dose of football-based nonsense to come your way. Don't be fooled, people viewing on YouTube. You have tuned into the right podcast. Just because I've got this on doesn't mean that we're talking about an egg-shaped ball. We are indeed talking about a round-shaped ball. And not only a round-shaped ball, an English round-shaped ball. That is correct. It is your football fix for this week. The eagle-eyed amongst you will notice that we're, uh, we're a man down this week. Sadly, Mr Moore, not able to join us this week. But we have got his predictions to give later on. And we will be breaking down his team's game first when we come to last week's predictions. So... In uh, in uh, in his stead, it's just myself, along with the host of the Cookie Cast Network, Mr. Andrew Cook. How are you, sir? Oh, absolutely fantastic. We love to hear it. And bringing us all of the news from not just Hull City, but basically the East Riding as a whole, I uh, decided to just tell him two seconds ago. It is, of course, Mr. Stuart Woodmansey. How are you, sir? Hello. Well, I, you know, the, the lesser man would be a little bit phased by that, but um, nothing really happens here apart from football. So um, definitely no egg chasing that we'll speak of ever. So yeah, I'm fine. Well, I, I mean, I was I was more talking about the fact that all, all those uh, all those North Ferriby fans that tune in on a regular basis and just itching to hear about their team and how they're getting on in. I don't even want to guess. Because I don't even think they're in the National League North now, are they? Be like Northern Premier or something. Something like that, yeah. So, week 27 has been and gone. So, like I said, he's not here to discuss it, but the first game of week 27 was Nottingham Forest versus Manchester City. Now, um, the majority of us on the podcast had this down as a thumping Manchester City win. Uh, myself and Stu both going for three one wins. Matt, the actual Nottingham Forest fan, going for a four nil win. We'll get to Mr. Cook's prediction in a little while. So uh, let's just let's just break down some of the stats, shall we, from this game. So stats overall, possession, Nottingham Forest, twenty seven percent. 
73% possession to Manchester City. Total shots, Manchester City, 23. Nottingham Forest total shots, 4. Total shots on target, 6 for Manchester City. Total shots on target for Nottingham Forest, 1. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You said, was it 27 shots they had, but only 6? I mean, that's not a very good... Uh, what were they doing, just peppering them from the halfway line? Well, this is where it gets confusing, because total shots, 23. On target, 6. So you would think they're 17 off target, yeah? No, just the 11. So six, uh, shots maybe... have, so six shots have either been so far off target that they're not classed as shots... Oh, no, no, they're supposed to be classed as shots. I don't know how that stat's broken down. It's maybe like if they, um, it's like a block. So they can't yeah, that's what, I was, that's what I was thinking of the only, the only sort of explanation. A blocked shot or a charged down shot or something like that. Um, anyway, back to the stats. So, total number of passes. Manchester City, 676. Nottingham Forest, 252. <laughs> Oh, I could keep going, but those those are all the stats you need to know. Um, so, so, so yeah, what you're telling me, right, is that we've we've predicted them to get absolutely pumped, and them stats tell us that they got absolutely pumped. Those right? those stats would certainly fit in the narrative that Manchester City absolutely pumped Nottingham Forest here. Uh, Andy, do you want to just tell us uh, what this uh, what this game finished as by any chance? Um, I, I'd I'd love to tell you. Uh, was it one all? It was one one, and in the predictions, old Nostradamus over there had his uh, had his goggles firmly on the top of his head as he predicted a one one draw. To which we all obviously scoffed heartily on last week's podcast. Oh, silly Andrew! How could he possibly go with that prediction? Well. More fool us as being foolish, foolish men, as it did indeed finish 1-1. Um, goal scorers, however, no one got any points, as uh, we all either had a combination of Johnson and Gibbs-White. Uh, there was some Harlands in there for Manchester City. Um, Gundogan, De Bruyne, Alvarez, Mares. Uh, none of those players scored. Uh, Manchester City it took until the 40th minute I believe let me just double check uh, to break down Man City uh, Forest's uh, defences um, 41st minute uh, the goal was uh, scored by Bernardo Silva um, and obviously was just a, the latest on a long line of Manchester City attacks um, where they were kind of putting up to the sword a lot of wasted chances Erling Haaland was amongst the main, the main culprits, to be honest with you, with his missing a lot of a lot of chances to score against a club that his dad previously had played for, of course. Um, and then, obviously, it's the age-old saying, 1-0, if, if you don't take your chances whilst you're on top, you're always susceptible to getting hit on the break, uh, hit with a sucker punch, and in the 84th minute, that is indeed what happened as Chris Wood popped up at the back stick could not miss. I think he scored from about one yard out um, to get the equaliser. Uh, and uh, yeah, Man City couldn't couldn't force a winner in the last sort of uh, six, six seven minutes of the game. 
And it finished it finished one one. Uh, so from a Manchester City perspective, two huge points dropped in the uh, in the race for the title. But obviously for Forest, a point that they definitely would not have thought they were going to get at the start of the day or even at the start of the season. Um, so from a predictions perspective. And he's the only one who scores there. And not only does he get one, he gets two points for the correct scoreline. So well done to you, sir. The rest of us yet to get off the mark. Our second game of the week takes us to the East Riding of Yorkshire, where Hull City were taking on Preston North End. Um, this was the second Saturday where... Um, not a lot happened, shall I say? Um, well, there was a pre-match. There was a minute silence for the um, victims of the Turkey and Syrian earthquakes. Um, so, I mean, that that was nice of them to do that. And the club obviously have strong links to Turkey with the owner. So they're, they're uh, quite heavily promoting the um, donations for the British Red Cross. So if you feel that you can, you know, there is that option. Um I'd like to say the game took everybody's minds away from the minute silence, but they might as well have had another 90 minutes of silence because nothing happened. Uh, it's the first time since October that Hull haven't scored at home. It is, however, the third consecutive clean sheet. I mean, I love the stats with the October thing in because let's not forget they didn't play really for November, December. Um, but yeah, the, the Hull had more possession threatened more throughout but clear chances were pretty minimal all told uh, the, the only kind of sort of stat that, that kind of rings true to that is that it, uh, in 90 minutes Preston North End had zero shots on target so it must be if you think it's bad to have two nil nil draws in two weeks imagine being a Preston fan where you've got to watch your, uh, your, your full squad be able to do the thing that the game was invented for for an entire game. Um, Hull had four, but alas, in uh, much the opposite of the Nottingham Forest Man City game, uh, there wasn't a sucker punch. There were no goals, and that's probably about the most amount of time I can talk about a nil-nil draw without going to jump out the window now. So. <laughs> One of the things, one of the things, obviously we covered it earlier in the season. There was that raft of games that that Preston were involved in. That was, I, I don't know if it was a case of they had, was it the, the first six or seven games they didn't concede. It was not sorry. They were they were like, the, I think for an element of last season, as well as I seem to remember, they were almost considered like the draw specialists. So they now to grind out a result, um, and it, it seems to be kicking back in. Uh, the, the couple of things to note from the weekend's action, actually, that there was no uh, Jean-Michael Serry and there was no Aaron Connolly, which Paul really won't care about. Uh, but uh, Serry's out for a groin uh, for, for a groin strain for a month. Uh, apparently felt it after the game against Norwich. And Connolly somehow has broken his toe, but I missed the bit where it said how it happened. So he could have kicked the bed or he could have just tried to take a pass. I'm not sure. Uh, but he's he's definitely uh, broken it so. uh, up. I, I, I was just going to say I would I would certainly certainly suggest that he definitely did something to the bed, but kicked it probably not the best thing to suggest. He he definitely would have missed. <laughs> it, so. um, 
the the other news as well was that just as a little little cheeky aside for the man that's not here this week, um, it has been confirmed that Newcastle are unable to recall keeper Carl Darlow from his uh, loan spell at Hull for Sunday's Carabao Cup final for Newcastle. What a shame! Of course, we don't cover teams that play in black and white stripes on this podcast. Sadly, but yes. One of the narratives of the weekend that did make me um, chuckle quite heartily. Also, at the same time as uh, laughing at Mr. Cook for his um, impudence at selecting a 1-1 draw in the Manchester City Nottingham Forest game, was uh, the fact that uh, yeah, Newcastle had their key percent off and now he won't be able to play it in their first cup final in uh, nearly 20 years. <laughs> More than 20 years, in fact. <laughs> but nevertheless... We'll go back to the whole game. So, predictions-wise, we had all predicted Hull wins. Andy 1-0, myself and Stu 2-0, Matt 3-0. Uh, as it was 0-0, no points. No points for goal scorers. Let's move on, shall we? So, our final game of the week. So, my boys, at home against Queen's Park Rangers. Now, going into this game, I believe the stat was that QPR hadn't lost on their last five trips to the Riverside something like that, or hadn't lost in the last five uh, matchups against Borough um, and first half it, it kind of went that way um, not from the highlights that I saw not an awful lot happened um, QPR had the, the best of the chances in the first half from the highlights anyway they had the one shot um, that was that was forced wide by a, a block from uh, one of the guys in the back, I believe it was Paddy McNair, um, from the Borough perspective. Uh, and it kind of sort of um, it continued into the second half where Borough were just really struggling to break them down um, until it got to the 64th minute when uh, Dan Barlazer got the ball just outside the box um, and just clipped a lovely ball into the uh, right near the penalty spot just where the keeper... Is like in that sort of middle ground of doesn't know whether to go, doesn't know whether to stay. Ended up doing nothing, uh, doing neither. Uh, and uh, the uh, the man of the moment, Tuber Akpom, manages to get himself on the end of it and just uh, a lovely bullet header straight into the back of the net to uh, to, to ease some of the tension around the stadium and uh, put the Borough one 0 in the lead. Uh, on the seventy seventh minute, um, ball was played through. For the Riley McGree to uh, to latch onto, he burst into the box. Um, in the post-match uh, press conference, the QPR manager, uh, the QPR manager Neil Critchley, said that he thought the the penalty that was given was harsh. Having seen it back, I kind of agree. Not the uh, not the strongest shout for a penalty I've ever seen, but if you watch the if you watch the challenge that the QPR guy makes. It's a foolish challenge to be making. He slides in from a good five yards away um, and doesn't get anywhere near the ball. Um, whether or not he gets a touch on McGree is for another time. But the ref gave the penalty, obviously no VAR in the championship, so it couldn't be overturned. Uh, Atpom steps up, misses the penalty, sticks in the rebound. Good lad. Nice and comfortable, 2-0. Gets to the uh, checking the 89th minute, nice and comfortable. Um, 
QPR get a free kick on the right-hand side. Uh, absolutely no danger at all. Um, Stefan takes a slight step off his uh, off his line. Uh, and Elias Chair just whips a free kick from about 35 yards out straight into the net. Stefan makes himself look like a bit of a goon. <laughs> Slightly uh, nervous last couple of minutes for the Borough. Didn't have to worry, though, as... Um, the uh, obviously I don't know if it was straight from the kickoff. Uh, in the ninety-second minute, um, Matt Crooks gets onto the end of a long ball that's come over the top, squares the ball across. Riley McGree picks it up, slots it straight in the, net, in the back of the net for three-one, and uh, game over. So, from a predictions perspective, we all had Middlesbrough winning the game in one shape or form. Uh, Matt and Andy had gone for two-nil. Um, Andy had gone for Archer and Fours to score, so Sandy just gets the one point for that there. Matt had 2-0 with Akpom and Archer to score, so he gets himself two points for that particular game. I had 3-0, so that chair goal really shafted me there. I had Akpom, Archer and Fours to score, so I just got myself a bonus point there for the goal scorer. So two points for myself there. Mr Woodwardsey was the only one who gave Queen's Park Rangers a goal. Which is impressive, as we don't have any QPR fans on the uh, on the podcast or in the room, so I don't really know what he was thinking there. But he went for Akpom to get two, which he did. Um, Archer and Force to get the other goals for the Borough, and he also had Chair to score for Queen's Rangers, so he gets himself another bonus point. So the week's scores are as follows: myself and Mister Moore, two points respectively. Andy, with that great start with the uh, correct scoreline in the City Forest game, got himself two points and then get himself a bonus point for the Borough score to get himself three. But taking the win with a whopping four points in the final game, it is indeed Mr. Stuart Woodmansey. Well done to you, sir. Well, Borough clearly just need to score a lot every week and that's how we will get the points. Clearly. So, that brings us on to week 28, and we start the week with the guy who's not actually in the room. It is West Ham United versus Nottingham Forest in the Premier League. First of three games this week. So, it is Mr Moore's team. I do have his prediction, so I will give it last in the usual scheme of things. I'll just jump in first as I've got my prediction ready and rolling to go here. I've gone for a 1-1 draw in this game. Old boy rule is in effect and no, it's not Jesse Lingard as uh, Mr Moore pointed out to us in his pre-show notes which I thought that was hilarious. Um, Mr Lingard sadly injured, unavailable to play. I've gone for Mikhail Antonio to score for West Ham and I've gone for Scarpa Gustavo Scarpa to score for Nottingham Forest. Uh, Mr Cook, what have you got for this one? Simple, easy, clean. 1-0 Forest win. Johnson. It's possibly the scoreline and scorer I have wrote the most in this season's book. Uh, Mr Wubbensee, your prediction? You could get a stamp made for Andy that just says 1-0 Johnson in a book every time. I'll, I'll sign that off. I'll, I'll, I'll get it engraved. 
unfortunately for Matt, because I think they did so well last week, I have a, I have a horrible feeling about it this week. So I've gone for 1-0 West Ham with Hull old boy, Jared Bowen, to score the goal. Ah, interesting. So kind of old boy rule, but kind of not old boy rule in a kind of weird way. So it's like old boy rule meets multiverse at this point. Very much so. Very much so. So Mr. Moore agrees with one of us, and it's Mr. Woodman C. He's gone for West Ham to win this game one nil with. Antonio to score the goal. So he kind of agrees with two of us, I suppose. Um, that takes care of uh, the Premier League business. We move into the Championship and our first game there sees Bristol City taking on Hull City. Um, it's another weekend where all of our teams are playing away from home. Don't like it. No home games. It's terrible. Um, I have Mr Moore's prediction. In front of me right here, so I will give that first. He has gone for a 1-1 draw. Naki Wells to score for Bristol City. Oscar Estupinian to score for Hull. He's been off the boil for a while now. That goal must surely be coming sooner rather than later. Andy, what have you got for this one? So, very similar. Just take away the Bristol City goal. So, 0-1. Yeah, 0-1 Estupinian. I agree. He's 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 due a goal. You would have thought so. I agree with Matt. I have also gone for a one-one draw, and I believe I'm about to bring two new names to this season's podcast. So I've gone for Mehmeti to score for Bristol City, and oh, good lord, why have I put this name down? Hey, Ibowe. Ebiowe, Ebiowe, Ebiowe. I go with Malcolm. Uh, go on then, Hull fan. What have you gone for? Just to round out the complete set of results, I have gone for a Bristol one nil win. Goal scorer, Scott. Scott. This. This game will, of course, always be remembered as the uh, repeat of the playoff final from 2008, which got Hull City their position in the Premier League for the first time ever. Our game week winds down and rounds out with West Bromwich Albion taking on Middlesbrough. This is somewhat of a Williams household derby. As, uh, as my better half's family emanates from West Bromwich, or certainly the area that that would sort of take in. So, obviously, my team's where I would go last. Matt has gone for a 2-2 draw on this one. He's gone for Thomas Asante and Wallace. to score for West Brom. Akpom and Fors to score for Borough. Now, before I take the, before I take the predictions of you two, I will just point out at this point that uh, Chu Bratpom is on 19 league goals for the season. And I will point out that, uh, what I believe I have said on the podcast before, Middlesbrough have not had a 20-goal-a-season league striker since 1989. 
don't know if that's going to change your opinion on your predictions. Um, I will come to you, Stu, for your prediction, please. Uh, scale it down one for a one-one draw. Exactly. Completely swift for West Brom and Archer for the Borough. Very, very nice, Mr. Cook. Nil uh, two. Archer, and uh, he's getting that 20th goal. That's right, it's Tuba. Trust me, there will be no happier person than myself if that is the case. I do, however, think that that particular stat might play on his, uh, might play on his mind for the next couple of weeks, and I don't think he's going to score for a couple of games. Uh, I hope it doesn't, and I hope he gets the 20th and then goes on. He's already got 20 for the season, but he did get one in the FA Cup, so it doesn't count towards his lead talent. I hope it doesn't, and I hope it doesn't play on his mind, because obviously I want him to go on and get 30, 40 if he can. For this game, I've gone for a 1-1 draw, similar to Mr Woodmansey. I've gone for Thomas Asante to score for the Albion, and Fours to score for the Borough. Again, wouldn't be disappointed if I'm incorrect and the uh, Tuba gets one, two, three, dare I say, you know, just, just keeps on scoring for forever and a day. Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, a nice quick and uh, nice quick and painless one for you there. Uh, just to, just the three games to, re- uh, to recap from last week and the three games to pick for this upcoming week. Thank you to these two gentlemen for, uh, for joining in once again. Uh, obviously, uh, um, Sorely missed, Mr. Mo, but I'm sure he'll be back next week. Salute to uh, one of the uh, one of the fallen for one of the weeks. Uh, join us again this time next week, or uh, roughly this time next week, where we're going to go through uh, the next set of fixtures, break down the ones that have just been, and we'll give you some more uh, shenanigans and nonsense. So until then, you stay classy, planet Earth, and we'll see you next time. So there you go. What do you think of that? Matt was sorely missed, but I think we managed to hold down the fort. At least I think we did. Hmm. Before you leave us, if you haven't clicked that subscribe button before, now's the time. Do it now. Share the podcast around. We'd love you to share it. It would be a a big deal for us if you could share it with other people. Uh, We'd appreciate it. You can get in touch with us. It's easy to do. Jump over to our website, thecookiecast.com. Click any of the buttons there. There's an email button for you to get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Um, I believe Matt's going to be back next week. So tune in to see if that is true. Until then, I'm going to say bye. And I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.